Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Triple Threat Thursday on the Triple Threat Podcast here or whenever you're listening to the Triple Threat Podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. My name is DJ Shockley. I got my man, Scotty D, as usual, along with me for the ride. A lot of great things we're going to discuss today. Before I get into all that, we got a great guest today. My man, Justin Kutcher, is going to join the show. My dude is a multi-talented and multifaceted play-by-play man who has done everything from the Masters to the Westminster Dog Kill Show. So uh, he's going to tell us everything that uh, it's like to be a play-by-play guy in the major league in baseball, basketball, football. He has done it all and has some pretty cool stories to let us in on, including some of the things that he likes to eat, which is crazy to me. But uh, all is good, man. Scotty D, what's popping, bro? You good? You down at the beach? Yeah, man. Kicking it? Yeah, at the beach uh, with horrible internet, so I'm having to do this on the phone. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. Yeah, man, it's all good though, man. I see Scotty D's got him a nice cold one right now as we're doing the Triple Threat podcast. Looking forward to this weekend. <laughs> Obviously, we got the biggest tournament of the year coming up. We got Masters coming up. Of course, we're gonna make some picks. We're gonna yeah. see who's gonna come out on top again, which will probably be me as it was last time. Uh, nope. Scotty D says no, but uh, we got a lot of good things going on in the NFL. We got Sam Darnold news, who is. Not a jet anymore, I'm sure, as everybody knows. Um, but also, we have two new national champs. So, a lot to talk about here on the Triple Threat Podcast. But I want to get y'all to Justin Kutcher. So, we won't be long here because I want you to hear the conversation with my man, Justin Kutcher, coming up here in a few minutes. First off, congrats to Baylor. The men mm-hmm. are national champs. Me and Scotty D were completely wrong, as I'm sure a yep. lot of people were around the country beat a 31 and old Gonzaga team. And to be honest, got it. It wasn't even close, bro. It was nope. like a literal beat down. Baylor was dominant. Gerard Butler drops 22. Macy Teague at 19. Davion Mitchell had another 15. They out rebound them in the paint. Bunch of second chance points. It was just, they look like bees to hunting on defense. It was tough for Gonzaga to get anything going in that guy in that ball game. They controlled the whole game. It was an impressive, impressive game by Baylor. Um, I mean, the first, you know, the first scoring stretch was it was eleven to one, and it, yeah. I don't think it ever got closer. Um, so it was, it was just a, a thorough, um, you know, probably one of his ass whooping. You want to say it? That's what you yeah. want to say. Thorough <laughs> ass whooping that Baylor mm-hmm. put on. Uh, dude, who I liked in that game, man, Vital on the boards, man. Dude had eight mm-hmm. offensive rebounds in that game. Dude was doing. The Dennis Rodman dirty work down there. He yeah. was really controlling that paint. So congrats to Baylor, man. Going out to get that big win, 86 to 70. It felt like it was not even that close. Uh, Gonzags got it within 10 a couple times, but just could never, never get that thing under 10. And yeah. Baylor just was in control throughout the entire ball game. And on the women's side, the Stanford Cardinals went and got themselves a title, 54 to 53. Beating, ooh, what a good game that was with Arizona. I was so mm-hmm. into watching the women's play in that game, man. Ari Donald for Arizona was a hooper from the point guard spot. 
Uh, congrats to Stanford, man. Haley Jones had 17 points. Stanford ends the year 31 and two. They were balling. Uh, Scotty, did you get a chance to catch up, catch any of that that, that women's game? Mm, I watched some. Yeah, some. It was good, man. I ain't gonna lie. It, it was I good. I enjoyed watching it, man. It was those girls are going. They can hoop. They can handle the rock. They were shooting it, coming off screens. I mean, they were they were fun to watch. Eric McDonald had 22 in the game. Uh, in the losing effort, had a chance to end the ball game, uh, shot a three-pointer, didn't go in, but congrats to Arizona on a great year. But their head coach, Tara Vanderveer, comes up with a huge, huge win. And Stanford is your new women's national championship team. So uh, what, what did you think of the whole entire tournament, both men's and women's? I mean, did you think it was competitive enough? Was it, you know, the usual March Madness? Yeah, you know, I, I still find the women's side to be a little uh, top-heavy. I feel like it's generally all the best teams that, that get through the first couple rounds. Right. Uh, it got re- To me, it got really interesting when UConn lost just because, just like any team, if you're not a fan of them, or, you know, I'm not, I don't have anything against UConn, but I'm not a fan of them, you get fatigued, just like people have Alabama fatigue, you know, sure. it, sure. in, in college football. So. Uh, it, uh, that to me made it more interesting. A uh, heck of a game by Arizona. Um, and then, you know, I, I had the game on, I didn't sit and watch a ton of it, but uh, it was, uh, it was a great game. Yeah, um, no now the men's tournament, that to me has evolved into just chaos the last few years, <laughs> you right. know, or the last right. several years with, with Florida Oof. Gulf coasts and, and, and uh, Loyola getting to the final four and, just all the stuff that's happened over the past decade or so, man. There's just it's been some fun, fun things happening. It and just seems like the men's have more, way more chaos, don't it? Just oh, it just anything can happen. The, the tournament was amazing, and and in fact, the championship game was a little bit of a letdown because of the the way it played out. You know, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I think Baylor in both their games in the Final Four, they crushed Houston, beat them by you know 10, 15 points, I think, in a ball mm-hmm. game. So. Uh, Baylor just seemed to be the out route champ. And I, I think a lot of experts said that, hey, if would have had it last year, Baylor probably would have been the defending champs again because they had the entire team on that team last year. So uh, yeah. fun, to, fun to watch those games, man. Uh, so congrats to Baylor. Congrats to Stanford on getting them some national championships uh, this yep. year in basketball. Uh, as we talk every week, there seems to always be some kind of NFL news going on. We're about, you know, three weeks away from the draft, so there's still a lot of movement going on. But the biggest news of the week, Sam Darnold traded to the Panthers uh, from the New York Jets. A lot of people speculated about Sam Darnold going to the Jets, and I love – I mean, leaving the Jets. A lot of – I love the fact that now he gets to play for a guy like Joe Brady and what Joe Brady yeah. did when he was at LSU. And he's, now he's going to have a quarterback similar to like a Joe Burrow who is a gunslinger can throw it all over the yard, really smart guy. I think this is a really, really good pickup for the Carolina Panthers. We know they have been looking to upgrade the quarterback position. Uh, we know they try to go hard for Deshaun. Uh, we know they, mm-hmm. you know, try to go for Russell. I mean, you, you know, they, they've been in the position right there of trying to get a quarterback for a very long time, and the news has come yeah. out that, hey, they're allowing Teddy Bridgewater uh, to seek a trade and look for other teams. What are your first initial thoughts when you heard Sam Darnold going down to Carolina? Well, our, our, our questions were finally answered. We've been talking about this for months. You know, did the Jets still believe in um, Sam Darnold, you know? Right. And, and, and uh, I think that they 
they obviously don't. <laughs> Bottom line is they think they think moving forward with Zach Wilson is going to be better than than um, staying with Sam Darnold. And you know, I was listening to um, Stephen A. Smith this morning, and before my e- before my ears started to bleed, uh, I was able to get him talking about how how bad that the the Adam Gase having to play for Adam Gase must have been. Um, right. You know that that the Jets are a, a just a have just historically been a bad organization that, that, that has problems and nobody did, nobody did Sam Darnold any favors, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad for him because I know there are people that still believe in him and yeah. I'm, I'm, I hope that he uh, can get, you know, a healthy, fresh start. Yeah. And there's a, uh, he had an Instagram post of him, you know, walking in, being excited, you know, thinking he's got a he's got a new start there. And yeah. the news is there's still a chance that Carolina could draft a quarterback there. I know they're going to pick up his fifth year option and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Sonar, the the ramifications of that Jets get three picks in this trade. Uh, they get a six rounder here in 2021 in this draft, and they get a second and a fourth rounder in 2022. So Jets pick up some draft capital. And maybe some key pieces to help Zach Wilson uh, down the road here as the Jets look to build uh, on their roster. Um, and I think here's an interesting fact. If the, if the Jets draft Zach Wilson, they will become the first team in the common draft era since 1967 to select two QBs within the top three overall picks in a four-year span. So is it organization? Is it uh, the way you draft? The fact that, hey – in four years, you're going to pick up another top three quarterback. Uh, says a lot about what's going on. So, Donald has mm-hmm. one year remain on that contract with a fifth-year option picked up at $18.8 million fully guaranteed. So, this will be a big year for Sam Donald to prove that he's not the guy that everybody thinks he was with the New York Jets going forward. Yep. Uh, you, you think it works out with, with Carolina? You, you think he's their, their long-term, or you think they still look in the draft? Well, I have a lot of respect for the Panthers organization. They, they've, I think they've kind of had some – they've gone down the last few years, I think mostly because of age. And I think that just happens a lot of times with teams. So, But, but previously, you know, they, they, I think they ran a strong competitive organization for many years, uh, even before Cam Newton was there. Right. You know, they had Jake, they had Jake DeLone winning. I mean, who, who would have thought Jake DeLone would be winning <laughs> football right. games, right? So. Yeah. Um, I think he's got to be in a better situation and he's with an offensive coach that, that people respect. Um, but I, I, but I also see that, that, uh, Robert Sala, um, and, you know, new leadership wanted to put their stamp on it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, other news going on now, uh, keeping in the NFC South as Sam Darnold goes to Carolina. Uh, we talked about it last week as those first three picks, everybody assumes that they're going to be three quarterbacks taken off, and everybody thinks that fourth pick with the Falcons, there's a lot of value in that pick. And a lot of talk has come up about the trade option yeah. at number four. The Falcons have gotten calls about trading out of that spot. Um, and I, I wrote down a couple teams who – who could possibly be looking to get into that spot. The Broncos, uh, Washington football team, Chicago are three teams who could easily, you know, get in that spot because all three of those teams are looking for a quarterback. I know Chicago went out and got Andy Dalton, but, hey, he may not be the guy that they want. If one of those three teams are really excited about moving up to get a quarterback, here's a chance for you. Will the Falcons listen is another question. 
And I know you're really high on Pitts. Are you still in the boat of if Pitts is there, you take him at four, or you like the fact of moving back a little bit? No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take Pitts. I love him, but I don't want to take him there. I, I got to look at the long term. You know, I want. I want trench players, man. And if you're not going to take the, if they're not going to take the the Penay Sewell, right? Then then drop back. If if you know, you, you've got to. They've got to determine. They've got to get a good trade partner that's going to. I mean. The um the number three pick got two firsts and a second, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, so, got, some, got some value. So you're not going to get quite that, but you should get some. And then there was more picks than that as well. But um, no, I, I I'm not a big fan of taking receivers and running backs that high. Okay, I mean, I, 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 just, I, I can I, I can respect that. I'm with you too. I think they should kind of fall back to you know seven eight or something around there and get them a nice couple more picks here in the draft and build their roster a little bit more. You, you know, Matt Ryan's going to be around for another couple of years. So mm-hmm. I think there's still a bunch of value picks there, seven or eight, uh, that yeah. you could pick another receiver or a DB or whatever you may need there uh, to get this team in the right direction roster-wise. Other news, I mean, Aaron Rodgers made his debut on Jeopardy. <laughs> uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, all the reviews are, are pretty positive. They think he's – you know, did pretty well. And that brings me to my question, Scotty D. If you could host any show, yeah, which show would it be? If you could host any show, any uh, any of your favorite game shows or whatever it may be, you got a show in mind? I mean, I know it's easy pickings now, but it would be Jeopardy. That's my favorite game show. I, I watch it almost I watch it almost every day. I'm family feud. I don't really watch much Jeopardy. <laughs> I, I watch I watch tons of family feud. I'm not gonna lie. You you like that crazy Steve Harvey business going on? Yeah, Steve Harvey's funny, no doubt. He he, he keeps it going. I, I like him on there. Uh, but Family Feud, I think, will be cool, man. So, uh, I'm. If you ever thought about it, let us know, man. What, what game show would you host for sure? Um, other news: Nike suspends Deshaun Watson amid sexual assault and inappropriate behavior. Uh, a lot of the uh, allegations. It's up to 22 women right now, and up until now. We have not had any names come forward, any person of interest come forward to, you know, have a statement. But now we do. A young lady by the name of Ashley Solis comes forward and she publicly spoke out at a press conference saying he robbed her of the feeling that she uh, was healing people and of the massage therapist business. So we finally get somebody who comes and actually speaks on it. And this is a, a tough one. Because now you have a face, you have an actual name to go with one of these allegations, and it looks like it's headed towards uh, court for sure. So Nike is the first major brand to suspend Deshaun Watson. Other brands that he's associated with, Rolex, uh, Beats by Dre, and he has a local partnership with HEB and Reliant Energy. And he just, you know, was uh, a partner in Lefty Cheesesteaks there in uh, Houston. So. Uh, a lot on the line for Deshaun Watson, for sure. Uh, I'm sure he wants to uh, kind of clear his name. But like we mentioned, this is a long process and a lot to be done going forward. Scotty D., what do you think of all uh, finally getting to hear from one of these, you know, allegations? Yeah, I mean, she she was I, – I, I didn't catch her name, so I assume the girl that I saw was the same one you're yep. talking about because she was Solis. saying some yep. of that stuff. Yep. Uh, but she looked obviously – upset and um you know i, I you got to let it play out you know just no it's it, it's just it's just starting to look it just keeps getting more you know the number keeps going up and um it's it's hard to believe you know usually when there's smoke there's fire 
but um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, we'll find out some things when, when, when people are on the record, you know, yeah. not just, ju- not just filing stuff. So we'll keep everybody abreast of the situation. Obviously uh, we'll just continue to present what we have and what we've, you know, read and seen. So uh, we'll see how this all plays out going forward in the future. And uh, don't forget about five minutes away from Justin Cutcher joining the show, Play-by-play extraordinaire, does it all, MLB, National Football League. See, I mean, he does it all. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. Last but not least, before we turn it over to my man, Justin Kutcher, talk a little Masters. Biggest weekend ever. Defending champ Dustin Johnson is back. Uh, Jordan Spieth, with his win last week, went from, listen to this guy, he went from a 60-1 to favorite to 10-1 to now after winning yeah. last week. Uh, Shambo is always a big talk in this tournament. Justin Thomas, who won a few weeks ago in the players, and he always got to young guns and like Maracara and Hovland making his first, you know, trip to Augusta. So, uh, mm-hmm. it's a big weekend, uh, in Augusta, Georgia, and tons of guys would love to put their name and get that green jacket. And as usual, we will always, always make our picks here on the Triple Threat Podcast. And do I get to go first this time? Sure, man. Okay. All right. All right. My first pick of the 2021 Masters is the big Spaniard, John Rahm. I'm going with Rahm with my first pick. And no, I like John Rahm, man. You know, he just had a baby. He just had a baby. And the baby was sleeping well. So listen, no, listen, the baby was supposed to come during Masters Week or towards the end of it, but uh-huh. it brings back my favorite movie of all time. When I heard he had his baby, think about Rocky II. When Rocky had his baby, he wasn't going to fight. He's in the hospital, and Adrian says, come here, there's only one thing I want you to do. He leans in, and she said, when? And we know the music comes on, and he goes bananas. It goes crazy. He starts working out like crazy. He goes, and he beats Apollo Creed, and boom. So this reminds me of John Rob just had his baby. His wife leaned in and said, go get us a green jacket, baby, and let's All go. Right. So I'm going with John Rob to start it off with that good karma in my, one of my favorite movies in Rocky. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. That was a long explanation for John Rob. I'll go with uh, – I'm going to go with DJ. Dustin Johnson going for repeat, yeah. huh? Yeah. All right. All right. You got Dustin Johnson. I got John Ron to start. And my second one, I'm going to go with Colin Marakawa. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I looked up some stats now. I did some research on this now. So people who win in Augusta are usually great ball strikers, right? Marakawa yeah. is that. He hits yeah. the irons really well, pretty precise. Um, and then here's some other things that I learned. He's first in strokes gained. He's third in a in approach shots, and then he's fourth in tee to green, and third in birdie average, and fifth in greens and regulation. So that tells you he's a top five player in all the major categories that's needed, and he's going to do well in Augusta. Colin Morikawa, mark it down. That's my second pick. All right, all right. Um, I'm going to go with – man, I – it's going to be weird that I'm going to beat you. And I, I put way less thought into this than you do way less research. I'm going to take uh, my guy, Xander Schauffler. See, you, you keep taking Xander. Xander always let you down. You're going you gonna to always no. take Xander and Xander going to let you down. No, 
this all week. good. All right, so my third pick, I struggled with this one. I wasn't sure if I wanted one or two of these guys. So I always go with him like you go with Xander. I only go with my man Tony Finau. Finau was all in right. the final group two years ago with Tiger, so he knows what it's like. He won't be afraid of that moment. And he's just a good ball striker. Hits the ball well, gets the ball up and down. I good like golfer. Finau, man. I'm going to go with Finau, yeah. man. That's a good golfer. Uh, I think I'm going to take um... – Last pick. Let's go. Last pick. Let's I like, go. I like – I'm going to go Cantley, Patrick Cantley. Oh, you also gonna go a young gun with me? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Patrick Cantley is your third pick. All right, so we're gonna see come Sunday who is the more victor, who is the spoiler, and who is right again. And I feel like I should be that guy. So we'll see. All right, we'll man. See. Big, big Masters weekends coming up. Uh, a lot of things going on. Like you said, draft is on the horizon. But next, we have a good friend of mine and Justin Cutcher. He's gonna. He's got some really cool stories, and he's going to tell us what it's like behind the scenes of being a play-by-play guy in a lot of different sports and some of the things he learned over the years and a lot of great people that he's met. So look forward to our man Justin Cutcher coming up next on the Triple Threat Podcast. Welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. I told you I had a special guest, and this is my dude. We have become friends here last, I think, what, three, four years now. I've known my man, Kutch, now. Welcome to the show, my man, Justin Kutcher. This guy is a multi, I mean, multi-talented dude in his own right. Dude can do it all. Uh, We're going to get into a lot of things with my man, Justin. He's a foodie for sure. Uh, He puts only certain things in his body. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the times they have tricked me uh, on the road. But, uh, Justin, man, how you doing, bro? First off, how's the health? How's the family? How's everybody doing? Honestly, uh, everyone's doing doing well, so thankful for that. And uh, it's great to see you, buddy. I mean, I missed I missed our time last year with the Falcons, no, no preseason, and uh, no looking forward to this year. No doubt. So uh, to, to kind of make the correlation, how me and Justin know each other, we first met Justin does play-by-play uh, for Major League Baseball, college football, uh, play-by-play for the, the Wizards. So uh, he's got his hand in a couple different things, but he's also a great play-by-play for the Falcons during the preseason, uh, which I work on the sidelines. Him, me, Coy Wire, we, we all do it together. So we've become friends over the past few years. And uh, – it's been fun to know this man, to know this, uh, the quirks of my guy. Uh, as we all know, we all have different quirks. I got my own quirks. They, they crushed me for mine. Uh, but we'll talk about those in a little bit. But uh, obviously, man, I wanted to have you on. Obviously, the biggest weekend in the world is happening with the Masters happening this weekend. You're, uh, you know a lot about the Masters. You've been there. You've done it. Uh, talked about it. You've called it. Uh, but... Let's go back before we get into any masters. Let's go back to this young kid who attended Boston University. Who, uh, when did you start to have aspirations? And did you think that one day you could possibly be doing what you're doing now? I mean, not just not just on TV, but in some of the major markets, doing some of the major things that you've been doing in baseball, football, basketball. Did you see this when you first went to Boston? You. Um, I think 
shock it's kind of like you as an athlete right you have you have a certain goal in mind and right. um you you become just laser focused on it so mm-hmm. for me it was i went to bu to to go into broadcasting because i didn't have the height i wasn't going to play professionally so it's like what else can i do and i had set my sights on once i did my first game my freshman year in college i said this is it. This is what I have to do the rest of my life. And so everything I did from that point on was to get to this point. And um, did I did I expect myself to, to have this happen? I'm not going to say I expected it. I'm very happy it did. <laughs> I always joked around uh, that Michael Jordan is my favorite athlete of all time. And I don't know if you ever watched that video, Come Fly With Me, but they ask his dad, you know, how do you explain Michael's height? if there's nobody in the family above like 5'11". And yeah. he said, I think God looked at Michael and said, if I don't make him 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and a basketball player, he's going to starve to death. And I, <laughs> I joke around saying that God looked at me and, and, and said, if I don't make him successful as a, as a broadcaster, he's going to starve to death because there was no fallback option. It was yeah. this or I don't know what else is going to happen. Um, yeah. But man, I'm so happy it's, it's played out the way it has. I'm so fortunate. Um, and the coolest part, honestly, is friendships like we have, um, you know, the fact that I'm friends with guys now who I grew up watching and cheering for. And now, like, we hit up each other via text or we go golfing together like yeah. that's that's surreal. Yeah, it's it's a cool relationship for sure, because I think I go back to um, uh, when we went to play Sawgrass and. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you said, I was like, man, how are we going to get on Sawgrass? And you was like, ah, I know somebody. Uh, Scotty D, the somebody he knew, Harold Varner. He was like, oh, yeah, I just called my guy Varner. He'd get us right. play. And, and get, we had a game down. Um, Fouls playing the Jags or whatever it was. And we go out and we play 18, and it was the best time ever. And, you know, we was out there just having mm-hmm. a good time. And those are the relationships uh, that you build in this kind of business. Uh, but Justin, I want to go back to, there are a lot of people in the world who take paths to their, uh, intended destination. And a lot of people don't never see the grind. A lot of people don't see the things you have to go through. People see guys like yourself on the big stage and say, oh man, it must be cool to do that. But people don't know. I went back and I saw some of the things that you did and I said, (laughs) I was, I was shocked by it. I mean, You've anchored MLB.com show during the OA playoffs. You call you called the Portland Timbers soccer. Uh, you you were a statistician for MLB on Fox, and you were assistant to Joe Buck. Like you did some of the 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 dirty, grimy work that people wouldn't think you had to go through to get to the spot you are. And a lot of people are in those same phases in life where they're like, I want to be at the top. I want to be the leader. I want to be the guy, but they don't want to go through the hard work and the grind. Talk about that process of you got to go through doing the high school games. You got to go through doing games that people don't even want to watch to kind of fine tune your craft. What was that like to go through that grind and that, uh, I want to say season where you had to do those things to get to where you are. Truthfully, I loved it. (laughs) Um, you know, my first job at a college was working in Portland, Oregon. I've told the story. I made 500 bucks a month. My rent was 465. Um, I lost 15 pounds in six weeks, not even trying. I worked 52 straight days when I moved out there 
and and I loved it. I was like, this is awesome. Um, I was the number three broadcaster. I got rear-ended by Miller Berkeley. Uh, still not like you just quit. And um, and I, I to me like the grind is what makes everything so special. And and it's I've always said to people that everyone wants that opportunity. But if you get that opportunity and you're not mm -hmm. ready for it, you may never get that mm -hmm. chance again. So there are very few people, whether it's in Major League Baseball, who go straight from being drafted right to Major League Baseball, whether it's from high school or college to the to, to the Major League ranks. Um, for you, for you know, for athletes, it's it's not often where you you get that chance to start day one. No doubt. You've got to pay your dues, and and the reason why you pay your dues is it's because the preparation, you've got to be ready. So when that camera light goes on and there are millions of people watching, you're not going to choke. Right. Um, you're not going to fumble. You're not going to mess up. And, and so I loved it. I mean, I went from Portland, Oregon to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. I lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, <laughs> and it, it turned out to be a great experience. Then I went to Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, and I mean, you never know who you're going to come across. So in right. Erie, Justin Verlander came up with us. Joel Zamaya came up with us. So now when I go to a game and I see Verlander, you know, we start talking about the old days. I brought wow. him a ball that he had signed for me. He's like, wow. He's like, that was the old school signature. He's like, it's changed. Um, you know, and, and so we can laugh about it. And, and then when you get to this point, um, I've always had the same approach that no matter what game I was doing, I felt like I had 3 million people watching. Mm. And so I always wanted to make sure that I took the approach of like, I'm serious about this. I've got to make sure I, I do a good job. And never have I prepared for one game differently than I've prepared for another game. It's not like, oh, this is a big game. I got I to gotta do this because then I'm doing a disservice to the other games. So every game I go about it, trying to treat it the way it should be and, and call it. And uh, I would just say to all these people out there who want that immediate success, be careful what you wish for, because oftentimes you're not ready for it mm. and enjoy the grind. It's, it's fun. I mean, yeah, I rode on the bus for 16 hours. I slept probably 14 of them. Um, but you know, it was, it, it's part of the experience. I mean, literally every stop I made, I have a friend for life from those stops. That's real. And I can vouch, man, because I tell you, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I took notes on it. And I also just watched how you carried yourself. I remember the first time we had our own production meeting. We're, we're getting ready for the Falcons preseason. And obviously, I remember when we got in our first production meeting, and I remember you sitting down and having total command and control of what was going on. Obviously, our producer was saying X, Y, and Z, but there was always a question of, okay, how do we handle this? How do we do that? Let's make sure we have this set up. And I thought that was the, probably the most professional thing I've seen from a guy that people looked at, ah, people really don't really care about these preseason games. Ah, not many people are watching. We, we've seen people look in the preseason, you see, 2,000 people maybe there who's watching the game and maybe a handful of people at home watching. But when I watched you in those production meetings, I couldn't tell we weren't getting ready for a playoff game or the Super Bowl or whatever it may be just by the way you carried yourself in that meeting. So 
when you say this, and sometimes, you know, I've been conscious at times and people hear people say stuff and they're like, oh, okay, they just say stuff. I'm here to vouch that I've seen you do that. And I can tell that it's carried over because the success you've had. And I think I want to go to another spot where the opportunity you now you've had the chance to call one of the most unique things I've ever seen. And I think probably your most important gig, I know you know where I'm going with it. The Westminster Kennel Dog Show. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. how did you get the opportunity to call the Westminster Kennel Dog Show? And another thing about that was when you talked about it, there was excitement in your voice like you were calling a freaking playoff game in the MLB. <laughs> like, you talked about it. You you knew background stuff about these dogs. You knew all kind of stuff. And I was like, this dude here is the real deal. Like, how did that kind of uh, opportunity come across your your your, your platform there. You want the real story? Yeah, give it to me. Let's go. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I just called uh, the Packers at Buffalo Bills game. Okay. And on Sunday in Buffalo, and I'm like, I made it, right? I got Aaron Rodgers, Packers at right. Buffalo. This is great. The next day I was driving to Atlanta to go do a speaking engagement. And I get a phone call from my boss at Fox. Mm-hmm. and she's asking me how it went from you know how I got back and I'm like oh it's good it's no problem and she's like yeah I wasn't calling about that I said I, I didn't think you were um and so I uh I, I said what's up she goes um what are you doing for Valentine's Day I go uh what day what day is that she goes February 14th I said no Judy I, I realize I'm single but I know what day Valentine's <laughs> I meant what day of the week is it yeah. And I said, is it during our MLB seminar that week? And she's like, yeah, well, the reason I'm calling is we want you to host the Westminster Dog Show agility competition. And I go, really? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I go, wait, wait seriously? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we're talking about it. We thought you'd be good at it and this and that. I'm like, oh, gosh. I- I don't know. That's crazy. Um, That's and so crazy. she goes, all right, well, I'll tell you what, think about it, get back to me, let me know. So I call my dad and he's like, just, I think you should do it. I go, really? And he's like, yeah, a lot of different eyes on it. You should do it. Then I call my agent. He's like, I think you should do it. I'm like, really? Was it, so was it just like, day, was it, was it just like a, I got to get out of my comfort zone thing or you didn't feel like you were qualified enough? I mean, what was, what was holding I you back my, from my thinking? My thinking behind it was that, you know, um, being a jack of all trades, master of none and right. being the utility guy. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so I, I they said, yeah, do it. And I called her the next day and she called me back and I said, Judy, you got your man. She goes, really? <laughs> I go, you sound so surprised. <laughs> and she, she said, well, based on your reaction yesterday, I thought no chance. Right. So I called the first year and it was live to tape. And our producer for the Falcons, he had us do like 40 minutes of edits afterwards. And I'm like, <laughs> this is never happening, never again. I'm not doing it. Well, it airs on Sunday. I talked to my parents afterwards and my dad says, that was your mom's favorite event you've ever called. I'm like, no well, way. I guess I'm doing that one again. Oh, um, that's cool. So, and then, it, and then it became <laughs> one of my favorite events and, and no joke, it, it to this day is the most heavily requested event that I call. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, Major League Baseball, 
not even close. I might get like, hey, can you get me four tickets for this? I was like getting like 20 ticket requests for that thing. It was really? unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. I, I love that story. I love the fact that you, you were in a where you weren't really comfortable. You didn't think that maybe this is something that was good for me. And you kind of stepped out that brand uh, a little bit. Uh, but the the funny thing about it is I loved hearing the stories that you told behind it. And I can see how it's one of those things that are, are cool to talk about and to be a part of. And it just shows the range that you have. And I think a lot of people in this day and age are afraid to step out of the box that they're in, or they're afraid to step out of what they're doing and do anything else. And that's why the first thing I mentioned when we came on is how multi-talented you are, because it brings me to my next point of you do MLB, you do college football, you do NFL, uh, you do the Wizards. I mean, but the other part of it is, is people. It's the people you're calling these games with. And a lot of people would question, how do you balance having so many different personalities you got to work with, but at the end of the day, it always comes out to be a really great product. How do you mentally go about being in that space of, I got to make sure the guy that I'm with calling this game is just as good or I bring them on just as much. Cause there've been times you've been in a booth. I know for sure where you've had play by play guy, you've had two other analysts. Like how do you do all that at one time, bro, with all these different personalities that you got to work with? Well, I think, I think a couple of things. One, um, my job as a play by play guy is to lift up my analyst, my job. I'm the point guard. Right. And I got to get everybody else the ball. Yeah. So I got to make sure that that you guys become the stars. I got to make sure I'm putting you guys in the right position. And I have to be able to adjust to what you guys are doing, what your style is. Now, there's no doubt that I may have a conversation with you and we, we're going to figure out what works best and this and that. But I have to be able to adjust on the fly. That's I feel like that's what I get paid for. Um, and then beyond that is. I like becoming friends with the people I work with. I like going to dinners with them before the games. Oh, um, this way we dinner. get to know each yeah. other. <laughs> we get oh, to know God. each other away from, away from the work. And when you do that and you have that rapport with each other, then all of a sudden on the air, it's going to come across and yeah. you can make fun of each other. Uh, you can lift each other up. And, and I think that's, that's so vital. Um, yeah. But Honestly, shock. It's um, to me, it's just fun. I get to call sports. And, <laughs> and so whoever I'm working with, I want to make sure they're having fun. And, and if I screw up, I'll, I'll tell them, Hey, my bad. I'll make fun of myself on the air. If, if they screw up, I'll try to cover for them. My, my approach. And I tell this to all my analysts, especially the new ones is I will never leave you hanging. I'll never leave you hanging. You, you don't have a thought. I'll pick something up. That's my job. My job is to make you look good. And, and I, I stand by that every game and every person I work with. Let's talk about this unique, unique relationship that you have. Now, let's start with the relationship that we have. Now, I'm going to bring Scotty D on this one. Scotty D, now, when we go on road trips, we'll go yeah. out to eat. And, okay. and here's the thing that they have learned about me is my palate is – really small. I like yeah. what I like. 
I get so that. Yeah. What these guys do is we'll go to certain places on one of those bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go to certain places and they will just order things and I won't know what they are, but they're trying to expand my horizon in this. Right. Justin, can you tell these guys some of the things that you guys have attempted to try and make me eat that they have tricked me into doing Scotty D now? Okay. The first thing, the first dinner we ever had was actually at the hotel in Jacksonville. And um, we ordered grilled octopus and grilled octopus is actually delicious. Now I'm going to be honest with you prior to like my summer after my junior year in college, I had the palate of shock. It was like chicken, hamburgers, pizza. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Then all of a sudden, like Uh, I learned, oh, wow, steak is really good. Oh, I can eat shrimp. Oh, that's good. So like I've started to expand and I've realized that expansion. These dudes talking about octopus, Scotty D's. Octopus. So so octopus, octopus now is actually like delicious when it's cooked right. So we ordered it and we're like, shock, you got to try it. You got to try it. He's like, no, I can't. So we (laughs) need to try. But the best one of all, by far and away, was two years ago. I think we were also down in Florida and we went to this nice restaurant right on the water. Uh, oh, actually, no, no, no. This was in Atlanta. In Atlanta, we went for this one and we like shock got some chicken, but they had rabbit on the menu. And so shock ordered the chicken. He went to the bathroom or something. And we told the waitress, Hey, do us a favor, like come back at some point and ask him how the rabbit was. So shock is like crushing the chicken, absolutely <laughs> crushing it. Crushing. Right? And, and someone else got rabbit at our table. And so she comes by and she goes, how is everything? And everyone's like, oh, it's delicious. Thank you so much. And she goes to shock and how's the rabbit? And shock goes, what? No, no, I got the chicken. <laughs> and she, she was so good. We're like, she's like, no, you got the rabbit. And he's like, no, she's like, oh my gosh. In shock, I thought he was gonna throw up. Scotty, listen to me. Listen to me when I tell you, this lady did not break a smile. She stayed in character. So I don't know what. When I went to the bathroom, they must have paid this lady or something. But when I came back, if you just saw my face when she said it was rabbit, I literally stopped everything I was doing right there, and it was like, are you kidding me? See, there's a lot of things you can you can sub for and, and kind of trick somebody on, but I, I don't understand how the octopus thing because I know what grilled octopus looks like. It looks like so grilled octopus. Well, that wasn't trick. We didn't, that, we that, didn't that, trick that, them. We that told just them. took we a lot of time. It was octopus. We just said okay. it tastes like chicken. Like think of it as chicken. <laughs> it tastes like chicken. Go with it. Go with it. And I mean, what we found out honestly was that shock caves to peer pressure. <laughs> Nice. Hey, hey, listen, <laughs> by, by the time the lady finally said it wasn't rabbit, the whole entire table is dying laughing. Laughing, because yeah. My, oh, gosh. my entire face changed <clears throat> and all that. So uh, Justin for sure has become a foodie. Uh, if, you, if you don't follow him, just tell him where they can follow you because you always got something cooking. You always got something that you're, you're making or eating that I'm like, there he go. There you go. You got I, I actually apologize because that noise before is my oven. It was going off. I made a, I made a brisket. I, I did a rub, mm. left it in the fridge overnight, baked it today for my dinner tonight. 
Um, but yeah, I post all my stuff basically on Instagram at just Kutch. Um, you know me, I'm not huge on social media, but <laughs> during COVID, um, couldn't go out to eat, couldn't really socialize. So I was like, heck, let's see what I can cook. And last night made a, uh, miso glazed Chilean sea bass. Um, L listen to delicious. me, you hear, you hear miso glazed sea bass. The, the dude is, uh. <laughs> The dude is fancy now, bro. I ain't going to lie. The dude is really fancy. Bro, is there any sport you have not done? Because you've also done softball, yeah. ice hockey, and volleyball. I saw this. Like, is there anything you have not done? Um, I have not done lacrosse. Um, that might be it. <laughs> Water I mean, polo. I did shooting I mean, at the Olympics. <laughs> I did judo at the Olympics. Um Judo but I, at the Olympics. That's crazy. Yeah. I haven't done tennis, but I used to play tennis, so I feel like I could. I got oh, a question. I, your, your versatility is, is amazing for sure. And I think basketball is one of the hardest things to do play-by-play -play for. But I think hockey might take it to a different level with, with all of the, the, the European and, 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 and Canadian and Russian, all those names. How, how, does, how, how, how do you keep a hockey game straight? So it's funny. Um, I haven't called hockey in a while, but I did a lot of college hockey back in the day at ESPN and ESPNU. Um, you know, I, I, I do hockey. I know hockey has lines, but I would do it more just by numbers. And, and I would have, I'd be able to look down, memorize numbers and positions. Um, the names, once you, once you put the names on the roster phonetically, it's easier. The hardest thing to do, honestly, is calling like a Utah or Utah State football game oh, with yeah. the Polynesian names. The names. And oh, they right. have like 30 letters per, per, per name. And <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah. God. Um, that, that's hard. But I have found that like hockey, it moves fast. But on TV, like Doc Emmerich, everyone says is the greatest hockey announcer of all time. And I love Doc Emmerich. But Doc Emmerich did radio on TV. If you listen to like Gordon Albert, there's, there's more time to let it breathe and let the analysts get in there. So you have a chance. But, but I've actually – the way the puck moves, um, it's similar to soccer in a weird way. Um, the difference is in soccer, you say shot goal. In hockey, you say shot score. Um, mm -hmm. And it obviously moves faster. But, but I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I got into it. Coach, how do you – well, I'm going to say how, but who are some guys who – you looked at as you were coming up in the ranks. Obviously, you're doing all these different sports. So I know you want to have your own personality, be your own guy. But are there some guys that you've watched over the years that you say, hey, I love the way they do this. Or, I love the way they do that. I love how they set this up. Or, I mean, because as an analyst, I have guys I look at as a play-by-play -play guy. Is there a couple guys that you look at in that fashion? Yeah, no doubt. Um Joe Buck is my mentor. You mentioned I did stats for him um, to this day. He's my mentor. And, and I, I'm so lucky to have had that, to have my relationship with him. He's as great as he is as a play-by-play -play guy. He is an even better person. And um, it's amazing what he's done for me. Uh, some things he knows, some things he doesn't even know, like how much he's meant to my, to my career and my life. Yeah. Um, so Joe was one of the guys – I used to love watching Bob Costas back mm. in the day when he was at NBC, mm -hmm. Vern Lundquist, uh, Ian Eagle, and Dan Schulman. Um, I would say those guys are the ones that I would look up to. And, and Marv Albert, obviously, 
with, with basketball. Yes. That counts. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, they're, they're, and I've, and the crazy thing again is, is that I've had the opportunity to meet all these people and, and talk to them um, and how great they are as people. And, and that's one thing that I took away from, from Joe was how he treated everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he is at the pinnacle of, of the business and he treats everyone so well. Um, and I love that. I think that's, that's such an admirable trait. Um, and, and, and sometimes like I work with people and I marvel at how, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm all about like time management. So when I get to the, to the stadium or the arena, it's like, okay, I know what I have to do. I want to be able to talk to some people, but I got to get some work done. I work with some people and they can just carry on conversations and, and treat everyone. I'm like, man, I, I'm jealous of you guys. I don't know how you do that. Um, but, but just, they're all such great people. Um, like Mike Breen came up to me when I got the job uh, in Washington and we had a nice long talk. Ian Eagle called me. I mean, to have these people call me, that's pretty cool. like, yeah. it's just like, you gotta be kidding me. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You talk about that Washington opportunity i remember a couple years ago uh we were doing falcons and this was coming up and you were saying man mm-hmm. i'm in the running for it like you know i got a chance to get it. there's a chance i can get it. i remember you talking about it and i was like wow that is pretty insane because obviously in the nba guys stay around forever nobody really leaves an organization like that especially in that position what was it like to first get that call and then the second you knew hey I am going to be the play-by-play guy for a major, major organization like the Washington Wizards. What was that like for you? Uh, not just personally, but in your career to say, hey, this is something now that I can add to my resume. Yeah, um, you know, it's I've been I've been incredibly lucky to to get to work at you know, ESPN and Fox for all those years, um, to continue doing stuff and then to add this to it. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it really hit me until I got a chance to speak to my brother-in-law who grew up a Dodger Wizards and Bullets fan. And he said his dream job was to be the TV broadcaster for the Wizards and Bullets. And now I'm living his dream job. Um, to me, I hadn't called a team on a daily basis since like minor league baseball with the Tigers and double <laughs> A in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so I had never, I haven't had a rooting interest beyond the, the Falcons games that we call. Um, I haven't had a rooting interest in the game. I just wanted to have a good game. And so I it, honestly, it, it's weird, but it, it hits me in different ways. Um, yesterday I'm playing golf. And on the first hole, you know, I introduce myself to the guys I'm playing with. And on the first hole, the guy starts talking to me about the Wizards. I never said, hey, I knew. Um, and, and like that kind of stuff was, I was like, man, like, all right, I <laughs> guess, uh, I guess people are watching. All right. That's a good thing. Um, and so, so that's, that's where it's cool. And, and, and being able to share the experience with my family. Um, my sister lives here. Uh, you know, I've got two nephews. They come to the games last year, obviously not this year, but, but having that, um, being able to share it with friends, um, that, that to me is the coolest part is, hmm. you know, we take it for granted because we're there all the time. 
Right. And we just think, all right, it's us going to work and we're real lucky. But when you get someone down on the court of an NBA game before the game, they're freaking out. And um, you give them a memory that life that lasts a lifetime. And, and that's pretty special. Man, that is, you talk about not just changing your life. You talk about changing the people around you. And that's, what's pretty cool to me is like you said, we take for granted sometimes the, uh, the positions and the areas and the surroundings that we're in because they come second nature because we've been around them so long and your family and you see the excitement on their face. It just, it kind of makes it more real. So that's pretty cool to hear that before we let you out of here, bro. Obviously we got to talk about it. We talked about it coming on. You got on your green. I got on my master's hat. It's a big weekend. You know, as much as anybody about the masters uh, and what it means, obviously you are a avid golfer like myself. Uh, you just talked about playing yesterday. Uh, <laughs> obviously, last year, Dustin Johnson won in it in a time that was crazy playing in November. Now it's come around again. Just what's it like to be there for one, but also, you know, to be able to, to call it, talk about it. But and then your expectations for this year's master tournament. Uh, well, I would say. I, I got an email back in 2014. I was at dinner. I was getting ready to do a, a basketball game at Butler. And we're at the famous steakhouse in Indy, St. Elmo's. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get an email from someone at work and they're like, hey, Justin, um, wondering if you're available the week of April, whatever, uh, to see if you could host our master's coverage. <laughs> and I... I couldn't breathe. Like I, <laughs> and, and I don't like taking out my phone during dinners and whatnot, but I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, what? I'm like, and I, and I read the email and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm around. That'd be great. Love to. Um, and then I sent the email to my brother and my dad just to show them. And they're like, Oh my God. Um, Unbelievable. Going there was a dream come true. Um, when I walked on the grounds for the first time, I just actually bent down to feel the grass. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's perfect. And the weird thing is- The TV doesn't I, do I it didn't justice. Have That's what people don't understand. The TV does no. not do it justice. It's amazing TV. But look, I'm really showing it. So I, you know, I get to, it, it was, I got to be there through I was essentially a patron. I had credentials and go media, but I would walk the follow around and see how it <laughs> was. It was amazing. Uh, it was the year that Bubba Watson won his second, and well, no. getting a chance to talk about it was so cool. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but but it's, it's just a special place. And um, while it was cool to have the Masters in November last year, and I'm glad we had the Masters, uh, it wasn't the same without the roars. I mean, that, that's what was awesome is when you hear the roars, you would look at a scoreboard and the scoreboards are up all the time. Unlike any other course, yeah. <laughs> they're up all the time because you always have the Masters. Like the US Open changes every year. British Open changes, PGA changes. But these scoreboards are always up. And so you look and you're like, Freddie Couples, he's on 16. That roar was for Freddie. And, <laughs> and so you know what it is. Um, 
and that that is what I don't know if we're going to get back to that this year because there are patrons there per day, mm-hmm. but you're still going to hear some noise. Um, I'm excited about the Masters. Obviously, I've got my Tiger Woods hat on. Uh, you know, Tiger having won the last time in 2019, that was unbelievable. Maybe the greatest sporting event I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, but not having him there this year because of the accident that took place in February, um, I do feel like it's lacking a little bit of its luster. Um, you know, even if Tiger wasn't at his best, Tiger being at the, at the Masters, it was like must-watch TV on Thursday and Friday on the featured groups because you wanted to see every shot the Tiger hit. And so now without him there, for me, I'm pulling for, for a guy like Rory McIlroy. Um, he just had that conversation with Tiger at his house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be really cool to know their relationship, how close they are for him to get it this year. Um, and Rory, and Rory need that one last one. He need that. He need yeah, that to close he it does. out. Does um, right, so so personally, I'm rooting for Rory um, to get it to get it done. Uh, I think a sleeper. I don't even know if it's a sleeper, but Daniel Berger, um, mm-hmm. who looks just like Sergio Garcia. They, yeah. They, Close and they're Sergio or um, Tim playing well. I don't think you could overlook him. Um, and then a guy that I'm going to be rooting for is Mackenzie Hughes because we play at the same course in Charlotte. Nice. So he's a great guy. Um, but but I, without Tiger, I think it loses some. But um, I know when it comes on tomorrow, uh, I'll be glued and and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, here it is. We're back awesome. at Augusta. Awesome. Pretty cool, man. You know, as we record, this is Wednesday. Um, I just want to, I want to thank you for coming on, bro. Uh, when I text you, I said, Hey man, I need a favor. I want you to come on to the podcast. You said, no problem. I didn't even think about it. It was, you know, whatever you need. It was cool. I know you're busy, man. Uh, like I said, record on Wednesday. You actually got a game tonight. You fit us in on the podcast. You, you know, gave us some great insight, man. So, uh, from, from, from one friend to another, man, it's always good to see you for sure. Uh, looking forward to us getting together uh, here in a couple of months, hopefully with some Falcons preseason stuff. But uh, it's a pleasure to catch up with you, man. I appreciate you spending a little time with my my triple threat family here to uh, kind of give us some insight and uh, learn what it's like to be a premier play-by-play guy in this business and do every sport and excel at it, man. So we appreciate you, bro, and uh, much love always. My man, Justin, gotcha. Shock, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Uh, Scott, appreciate you guys having Thank me. You. Um, you know, Shock, anytime you, you need something, just let me know. All right, fam. We appreciate you, man. We thank everybody for joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Y'all make sure y'all follow my man, Justin Country. He is everywhere in the place to be. Uh, for sure, y'all keep an eye on some of his picks here this weekend with the Masters. And be somewhere. you like, going to be so, man. So, Justin, we appreciate you. Uh, everybody have a good and happy Masters weekend, everybody. Triple Threat Podcast. I'm DJ Shockley, Scotty D, my man, Justin Kutcher. Deuces.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.